What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNBR College Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I'm Justin Michael. I'm here with my main man, Henry Chisholm. How's it going, my dude? How are you? How are you handling this weird week? I'm like, I'm really tired and I don't know why. I think it's just because uh, living in the world is hard now. And just like the moment to moment thought of like, huh, hurricanes. And actually, that's like the fifth thought. And we don't have to go through all the thoughts, but just like the world's in a crazy place. And if I'm just being totally honest, like I am... I'm worn out at this point. Like I took a nap yesterday and then like I went to bed what I thought was early and then got like a text from Gray. It's like, hey, can you come on the bet show? Ryan's going to be at Broncos practice. It's like, oh yeah. And so then I woke up and went over there and just like, I don't know. I, I, I'm ready for a weekend, which is a thing that doing what we do, I don't typically say. You know, it's like, because every day is so much fun and there's like things going on. It's like, I need something going on. I don't want to just sit at home, but Sitting at home sounds just fine. Taking a nap, playing Madden, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, things are crazy when there's a hurricane, a really serious hurricane. Yeah, a bad and it's hurricane. And it's not even getting that much attention, you know? I feel like people aren't... I mean, you'll see it. You see the tweets, and it's it's devastating. I, if anybody out there listening is, is in that area, we're thinking of you guys. But it's just it's not getting the type of attention I feel like a hurricane would normally get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially when you see like all the other weather stuff that's going on down there. And like, to be totally honest, when I that stuff pops up on my Twitter feed, it's like a map with all the different colors and you can kind of tell like where America is. Like I know that kind of stuff, but the comment on the tweet will just be like, Oh no, guys, looks like we're not done yet. And I don't know how to read a hurricane map. I just see a bunch of colors out in the water. <laughs> and it's like, I honestly don't know what this means, but I'm guessing more bad stuff is happening. And it, again, because like there's so many things going on with the world, you know, the NBA, the Bucks with all the, the shooting that happened in Kenosha and then the other shooting and all that, the sitting out, you know, it's, I mean, I think it's probably good that we're getting ourselves worn out by all this stuff. Like, the truth is, like, whether you're happy about it or not happy about it or all that kind of stuff, like, the truth is, we are talking a lot about it because everybody didn't play. And those conversations are tiring, but they need to happen and they're happening. So it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, we're not going to focus too much on that on this podcast. And that was, you know, kind of a premeditated decision. We don't, you know, we don't want to be tone deaf or ignore the moment because as Henry said, it's, it's huge. I mean, to see these athletes using their platform, but we we've kind of had this conversation a, a million times over mm -hmm. the last six months. The athletes are using their voice to raise really important issues. Other people just, you know, want them to shut up and dribble to go back to that famous quote. And, you know, quite honestly, they're not going to do that. So if that's how you feel, probably stop watching sports. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. it It is crazy though, because like, I don't know. It, as somebody who pays a lot of attention to sports and spends all my time thinking about sports, like it upends my life when stuff like this happens. Like it really does force me to just be like, okay. Because honestly, like I, I watched like the video out of Kenosha, the other video out of Kenosha, and uh, that probably would have been it. 
you know, if, if the Bucks hadn't sat out, I would have sat down. I would have watched those basketball games all day, the hockey all day. And, you know, stuff would have popped up on the Twitter feed. I would have seen it. I would have like a sense of what's going on. But because of what happened, all of a sudden, you know, tonight we were supposed to be going to the Avs game. It's my friend's birthday, not going to it, go to the DMVR bar to watch it. But it's my friend's birthday. That's what we had planned. And now it's like, what do we do? Because of the shooting in Kenosha. And then, and then just right there, it comes back up again. And uh, the answer is go to Falf. And I'm not much of a Falfer, if I'm being honest. I kind of really don't like it. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it is, as, as somebody who makes sports their entire life, it, uh, my life has been upended, if I'm being honest. I think that's kind of the point, though, you know, is... yeah. It's to it's to make you think about these things and not just tune it out and focus on sports, which is, you know, such a great escape for all of us all the time. But for these couple of days, the athletes really wanted us to focus on something else. And it's happened, you know, so mm-hmm. kudos to them for for using their voice. I think that's always a powerful move. I want to I want to talk about two things, though, that you mentioned. Both of them are much, much lighter. And the first one is Frolf, which sucks i'm sorry if you froth it but it's golf for people that aren't you know good enough for the skill of golf and ultimate for people that are not athletic enough to play ultimate frisbee that's how i feel about it prove me wrong the other thing is not being able to read a weather map because i thought that was yeah. hilarious i also can't read a weather map and i feel like that's not a normal skill that most people have i know but people keep pushing those maps around like everybody understands what they mean like you can just look at the colors and it's like the red and the blue and the green and all of it. And you're just like, show red me the hurricane based on my guess. <sighs> I know. And some of them will have like a little guide up there with just random numbers. And it's not like I know what those mean. Everything's all like context clues all over the place. Like, I feel like I have to be my own detective trying to figure out what a map means. It's like, Oh, is this hurricane a good one or a bad one? Well, this says 75 mile per hour winds. Doesn't sound good. Can't say I understand what exactly that feels like or what that means. What, what does it take to blow a tree over? Is that 300? Is that 25? I have no concept. The only time I think about wind speed is when I play one of those golf video games. And it says right at the top, <laughs> and it's like 10 miles per hour. Sure, that means you move it like five feet to the right. Is and Montana I, not that windy? Um, To be honest... I haven't really thought about the answer to that question ever before in my life. Um, Fort Collins is extremely windy. So it, it's something huh. that you... 60, 70 mile per hour winds, that, that happens enough. You it would To knock a tree over, I'm thinking probably 150 plus. Really? I, I, I think that's just... That's spitball in here. But I'm terrible at math. Vic Lombardi the other day, he shared a, a piece of math from his daughter's homework and there were all these people clowning him because he didn't know what to do. I didn't yeah, know what to do right. either. And I was just, I was like, oh, well, thank God I didn't show that because everybody would have been calling me stupid. I yeah. know how to do basic, basic math. I, I, I don't, I was terrible. I, I would fail calculus. I would fail pre-calc. I'd fail all that junk. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, so I have Twitter notifications on for Brian Howell who covers the bus for the Daily Camera. And so that was how I saw that tweet because Brian snuck in and explained the logic of it. And so I had read like the logic of how to solve that problem before I'd actually seen the problem. So I couldn't tell you whether I would have figured it out myself. But I will say that 
It is kind of crazy the stuff that we're teaching kids to do. Oh, it's insane. That's what I used to... Whenever I would be struggling with a class in high school, that's what I, I would just throw that back in my parents' or grandparents' face. You're just like, mm-hmm. you didn't have to take stuff this intense. Maybe. But I remember at the time, like going through that stuff, thinking like, oh, parents having trouble helping me with math. That'll never be me. <laughs> if, if I ever have kids, I, I will be totally useless when it comes to essentially everything but their English homework. And I don't think I don't think English kids get a lot of homework, so I I just don't think I'm going to be that useful. I don't know. I'm not yeah. good at home skills. I can't like fix plumbing. I I oh. struggle to do you know basic home projects. I still I haven't had cold water man. in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, like it's just out, and you don't know what to do. Uh, I know what I do. You message the maintenance people, but I can't commit to like saying, okay, two days from now, I'm going to be like just hanging out, you know, like the, to, last night, Dre text. He's like, Hey, can you come in to do the bet show? And it's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing this morning. And then next week, like maybe there's some of that stuff and there's always like something going on. I just can't commit to being here. I was able to figure out how to the, the problem was there was a whole bunch of water spraying out of the sink and it just would not stop. Like, didn't matter if the handle was open, shut. Don't know what that means. I twisted a bunch of stuff after watching, or no, I Googled it, and there was like a how to fix your sink or how to stop the water. And there's like a whole thing that I can twist. We have hot water there. I've been drinking bathroom water, um, which I think is basically the same water, except that it makes you feel like a child because you haven't handled your situation so that you can drink water out of the kitchen sink. But uh, yeah, that's the world I've been living in. It's just the same water, isn't it? I, I, that's my difference? thought. I think it's just like, I, the only difference is just like how you feel about it. I, I, I get water from the bathroom all the time. Maybe that's, okay. maybe that's not something people do. I don't know. It's just like, I think it's more just like the shame during the trip to the bathroom. Where it's like, that's you sit fair. on the couch, you're like, okay, watching hockey. Okay. Uh, thirsty. Get up. Oh yeah, that's right have to go to the bathroom to do this. And you're just like, uh, what, what am I doing here? That reminds me when I was about 20, 21, the, the kitchen light was out in the, this apartment that I lived in. And instead of getting it fixed, it was one of those, you know, like overhead lights on the ceiling. And instead of, you know, just getting maintenance to come fix it, a, a 35 minute ordeal, mm-hmm. we just used the, the light over the oven for like six or seven straight months. <laughs> yeah. No, we've been saying we're going to get another lamp for the living room since I moved in here uh, May of 2019. Like right after college, it's like, oh, wow. Living room can be kind of dark unless there's like natural light coming in the windows. Should probably get a lamp for this corner. Still no lamp. You just suggest. Eh, it's just, yeah. It's just dark in here. Let's just, Sometimes it's it good is. to challenge your eyes a bit. Sharpen them up. <laughs> I think. Maybe, I don't know. Anyways, we're going to be talking about the Pac-12 and Big Ten today, which is maybe going to happen, maybe not going to happen, potentially going to play in the spring, potentially going to play in the fall. It's it's a whole situation. Before we get in that, though, we got to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They've got all kinds of dope stuff coming out. Just came out with a new Broncos-themed beer. Super, super cool. One of the coolest can designs I've ever seen. Very if you're good in one. the metro area, hit up the farmhouse. They're 
you know, you can go sit outside. It's socially distanced. It's, it's a lot of fun. Henry, have you ever been to the farmhouse? Oh, yes, I have. It's a wonderful place. When you order a flight, they give you... Okay, this is terrible podcasting. Um, but see how my arm is kind of slanted at an angle? So yeah. it's like a 45 degree angle. Replace my arm in your mind with just like a little piece of wood and also make it about like six inches long or maybe nine inches long. And then it has like a little support on one end. And so then all the different things that you try, the beers that you try, they're all just kind of like going up this little ramp thing. Oh, that's cool. It's all about yeah, the Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Then there was plenty at the farmhouse. Well, shout out to Breck. We've got a ton of love for them. If you use the code DNVR when you do a pickup order, you can save five bucks off. Also, you can get Breck delivered straight to your house with Drizzly. Super, super clutch. I don't ever want to leave the couch. If, if it ever comes down to getting something to delivered and going to get it, I'm probably going to get it delivered. I'm just lazy. Shout out to Drizzly. Shout out to Breck. We love them. Yeah, so Big Ten stuff. Um, they're actually going to try to start a season. Let's see uh, all the details. So I have all like the Pac-12 details kind of like burned into my brain now because like that's what you have to do is just like read the news stories over and over and over again until you're sure you won't forget. Big Ten, I'm not quite to that point, but my understanding as of now is that they are uh, really in doubt about what they're going to do. They're trying to maybe start the season around Thanksgiving um, which would likely mean starting practice here pretty soon. Um, even in the like September 15th range, to maybe the early October range. Um, why, Justin? What is going on here? <laughs> I, think, I think that's what everybody was feeling when they saw this. Look, the football fan in me wants to see football. You know, we want to have content to talk about Locally, mm-hmm. obviously, it will make things better for us if CU and CSU are playing Pac-12 Mountain West. My gut reaction when I saw this was that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten don't have a lot of legs to stand on right now because, you know, when they announced that they were going to postpone, it was all supposedly in the name of science, you know, in, in the best interest of the student-athletes. Well, what's changed? The numbers haven't gone down. Testing hasn't gotten any cheaper. It hasn't gotten any more efficient. The only thing that's changed, the other leagues look like they're going to proceed. And to me, that that seems like the only reason the other leagues canceled in the first place was because they were trying to win a PR battle. You know, they were trying to be the leagues that looked good. You know, we canceled first. We had the interest of our student athletes and then everybody had to follow suit. But that kind of backfired on them now and the other leagues are going to play, and it's more like, oh, well, don't forget about us. Yeah, it, it is a weird thing. And, you know, like Brett McMurphy said, they're considering the options to play in the winter or spring, but only if medical metrics are met and approved by Big Ten University presidents. See, and it's this kind of like vagueness that we've been dealing with the entire time, where it's like, okay, things need to be better. That's all we know. Does that mean testing the cost is cut in half or maybe with the current cost, they can get results back so that they can test less than 24 hours before the game and get the results back in time to see and make sure everybody's all right. Like it could be that kind of thing. It could be because the cases are decreasing. It could be because um, the campus 
campuses aren't having outbreaks and that stuff's going well, but we just don't know what exactly they're looking for. And, you know, I saw some people making some good points about the Pac-12 in particular, just kind of running through the backgrounds of the university presidents because they are typically like, like one was a, a literal heart surgeon. And there's another one who is like some sort of heart doctor and a bunch of others who come from the medical side. And so when things like the myocarditis comes out, they really grasp onto that kind of stuff in a way that maybe some other people would look at it and be like, hey, we're trying to find a way to play. Is this, you know, it's just a totally different perspective that they're working with. And I... Uh, uh, to be honest, I've just been kind of confused now for a couple of months, and now they're trying to start the season four weeks earlier than they said they were going to try to start it, and I am still just kind of confused about that. I just I don't see how this is necessarily better than playing a traditional season, or how is starting in November better than starting in February? I I really don't get any of that. You know, at the end of the day, I want football. It's just weird. You know, it's a weird time to start too. So you're going to start right around Thanksgiving. You're going to compete with the NFL, which owns Thanksgiving. And you're going to compete with the other leagues who are all going to be in the heart of their season right before the college football playoff, which is another point to leave out. If the other leagues play in the fall and you start in November, you're still getting left out of the playoff. The Pac-12 is essentially like the, the one of the plans that we're starting to hear about is that they would also try at Thanksgiving to play. It'd be a six-game season. And that six-game season, you'd play five games against conference opponents. And the last game, you'd be like paired off with one of the Big Ten teams based on like your finish, like top Pac-12 with the top Big Ten. And the idea is... We're throwing shit at the wall here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like what? What is this? How is that? How is that better than the conference only format? How is that safer? You know, as a granted, I'm a CSU guy, and you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that, so you got to take it with a grain of salt here, because obviously, my perspective is is annoyed when I see something like this. So you can't play CSU, you can't pl- come to Fort Collins for the first time since '96, but you can go play in Illinois or, or you know one of these Big Ten schools. If I don't know, it just there's no rhyme or reason to any of these decisions that are being made by the Pac-12, and it it's just it comes down to a lack of leadership in my opinion, and and I don't know, it's, I just think these leagues look really, really wishy-washy right now. You know, they're just kind of well, we'll do whatever the people w- want us to do. You know, a month ago, the popular decision was to cancel, so we're going to cancel because we don't want to get, you know, face the negative backlash. Now it seems like people are campaigning to play, so we're going to cave. Ha- have some, have some leadership, have some authority, and stand by whatever you're going to do. Yeah, and I just wish, I don't know, like this would all make a lot more sense if, when the Pac-12 made their decision that they weren't going to do fall sports, everything was postponed until January first. If they just would have said, "Hey, we're not playing football in September." We'll make the decision on October when the time comes. They really did. I mean, what? They they've they made a policy that affects them four months after four and a half months after, really. 
And they made that decision about, oh, I guess it would have been about exactly four and a half months after all of this started. So like, you just took the entire time window of the pandemic and said, we are making a decision that affects that entire time window again. Like as if things are going to fluctuate and change. And I, I think that walking things back is a much worse look than if you had to keep extending it and, st- and extending it. And I understand you want to give the student athletes an idea of what to expect and you don't want to like feel like you're stringing them along. But look what's happening. You're, you're you're already like undoing it after telling them something. You are telling them something the exact opposite right now. You know, uh, it's. Uh, I will it's say the only mess. thing that the Pac-12 seems to have going for them, at least publicly, they they seem to be approaching things with a more unified front. You're not hearing situations yeah. like the Big Ten where it's, you know, five or six schools are trying to play, and you got players supposedly trying to sue the conference that whole situation that's a train wreck that that just looks terrible at least you have that going for you if you're the Pac-12 but i still just if i'm a student athlete and i and i see all this indecisiveness for me it's it's hard to look at that and trust that they have any idea of what's going on one or two you know how 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 are we supposed to trust that this plan is supposed to be the right one because you're changing your mind every 10 days. I get, you know, you, you can only make decisions as information comes. And with a situation like this, it is going to be fluid. But like I said, it's, it's not like a lot has changed since their decision other than the backlash from the public. So to me, it just kind of seems like the only thing guiding their decisions is, are, are we going to be popular with the fans or not? And, and to me, that's, that's just, that's not good enough for you know, public universities, a multi-million dollar industry. The hell are we doing? Yeah. And I mean, we don't know if that's the case at all, but the fact that it looks like that is a problem because a lot of people right or wrong are going to see this as, oh, they just wanted to do what the mob told them to do. And now the mob is saying this and they think they can get away with it. And now they're the outsiders looking in with everybody else trying to play in the fall. And so what's going on? And I don't believe that there's any truth to that. I think that they really did try to make the best decisions, but they just, they didn't allow themselves to be flexible, which is what they kept preaching all the way through all of this is we want to give ourselves as many different options as we can. We want to have as many different routes. And as those get cut off for whatever reason, we'll still have at least one path forward. And that's the one we're going to take. And they did that all the way through from like the start of all of this. And then they were like, well, we did that for four and a half months. Here's another four and a half months. We're just not going to do anything. And it's like, well, isn't that the opposite of what we were doing this whole time? And I do think that based on my understanding of how how the virus works and how college campuses work and all that kind of stuff, it probably is pretty irresponsible to be focusing on trying to play college football right now. But uh, why do we have to take this route to this solution? And, and I mean, we don't know that the PAC 12 it's, it's the big 10 that really is pushing for this, uh, Thanksgiving start or from the reports, that's what it sounds like the PAC 12. When you hear about it, it's more, here's one plan. We'll see if this plan makes sense when the time comes to vote on it a month from now or a month and a half from now. And maybe we do change things, but even the fact that they're looking at changing something they already voted on, it's like, well, 
why did you vote that way then? Why didn't you vote to say, okay, we're, we're not going to play this football schedule. Maybe we'll come up with another one at some point. That's kind of my point though, is they, they came out with this decision, you know, whatever. And it was supposed to be the, the unified, you know, we are postponing because this is the best interest of our student athletes. Is that not, is that not the stance still? I just, I don't know. It just, to me, it seems like the only reason they came out and definitively were like, we're not playing was because they were trying to win that PR race for who cancels first. And and again, that's my biggest criticism of this entire process because now you're not sticking to your principles. mm -hmm. And, And like, I don't think that's why they made the decision. It can really look like it though. You know, like I trust that because so many of the people involved were doctors and specifically doctors who knew stuff about the myocarditis that was flaring up at the time of the vote. They were just like, how, when we are shutting literally everything down, when things are just as bad as they were at the start of the pandemic, and we had to do all of these things, we had to cancel all this stuff. We had to like, we're not allowed to gather in these groups. We're not supposed to travel. We are literally putting all these kids on planes and buses, like buses, to planes, to buses. It's like that Drake song, like truck to the plane, whatever. But it's, uh, I understand why you would think to shut it down. I just, I don't know. I don't know. And that uh, hasn't changed. That exactly. hasn't changed in the last month. So why? So Exactly. The I only thing that's changed is that they think that maybe there's a path forward. Like I, I don't think the testing has changed all that much, any of it. But you know, this, this PAC 12 plan, uh, shout out to 24 seven sports, uh, Tracy Pearson's the one who figured out this Pac-12 thing that they're planning. Um, so this would actually start February 6th, run through March 13th, five conference games. Then the final game would be against a Big Ten opponent. Um, so and, the Big Ten would start in November. The Pac-12 would start in <laughs> February, and then they would come back and play. See, now that's what I. Now we're just throwing maybe, shit at the wall again. That's, I mean, that's what all this scheduling is going to be. And they're going to come up with, a, like, I think this is one of, like, 10... Pl- Honestly, I think this Pac-12 plan is probably their goal, the goal that they've had all along. Um, you know, because the key point being, you know, they, they finish, they have, like, their two weeks where they can replay games, but then you're out of football totally before the end of March, and anybody who wants to go to the NFL can still find a way to go to the NFL. Because that draft will still be a month later. Who knows if they'll move the combine or any of that kind of stuff. Who knows if the pandemic will actually be worse at that point, which is very much in the cards. Like, <sighs> I, I don't know. I just, if, if you're a school know. like Hawaii or CSU or Utah State or Wyoming or one of these many, many programs that all lost a Pac-12 game because of this and then you see this come out, it's hard to just not be like, yeah. Profanity. Profanity. I, I still think the Pac-12 is looking very good next to the Big Ten. Like, <laughs> I think that throughout all of this, again, the unity just all being on the same page, saying we aren't going to mess with this. And who knows? Maybe all of college football is just going to go fine. But even the NFL people, like, there was a story out of the NFL just a little bit ago that they're saying, like, there are plans in place to shut this whole thing down. Uh, like if, if a team has one positive test and he's coming to contact with a bunch of other people, well, then guess what? That team isn't going to be able to play. And that's something that the NFL is very aware of. And so even the NFL could go through 
something where some teams can't play games and miss them. And if the NFL has to deal with that, then I don't know how college football could avoid it. I mean, other than inaccurately reporting the testing, which is honestly, to me, a very big concern among in college football because I don't trust anybody, I don't think, in these circumstances. I'm pretty critical of universities in general, just the entire academia, the entire... It's a lot... The more you're around it, the shadier you realize that it is. And so that yeah. that distrust is natural. We're not going to dwell on that too much because I think people get it. You know, colleges, they... Mm-hmm. It's a money-making machine. And at the end of the day, trying to make money is always going to be the, the primary focus. And we get that. I'm just... I, I think it's really hard to take some of what these leagues say seriously when they talk about, you know, we care about the student-athletes and all this. At the end of the day, it's about money. Like, it's always just yeah. about money. Yeah, it's just kind of a sad reality. But I mean, just looking at the test. I mean, how many people tested positive in Bama? Like when the when the students came back to campus, it's like forty thousand students on campus, and like five hundred and something tested positive. That's like That's one in eighty. So one and a half percent, a little less than one and a half percent. All you need is one of those guys for somebody who tested positive coming in contact with one of the football players. And all of a sudden you have an entire position group that's just out. And then what happens? That is still like the question. Everybody is very confident that like, Oh yeah. SEC is playing the season. It's like the SEC is playing the start of the season. We'll see how much of the season they'll actually get to play. And that's definitely a fair point. You know, at the end of the day, we have no idea if they're actually going to be able to successfully conduct this season or not, especially, you know, you see the, the images, even you know, coming out of places like Boulder and Fort Collins, people are going to bars, people are going to parties. Yeah. The hill is popping right now. Old Town is popping Ugh. right now. I, I, like, I do feel uh, like an inevitable, an inevitable rise is coming with these campuses. Yeah, and it's it's a problem. And again, it's just going back to this whole thing where number one national priority, and this shouldn't have to be said, stopping the damn pandemic. Like, like, let's get past this. Can we just like figure out how to stop the pandemic and just all kind of agree? Sure, there's a bunch of like things going on, and you know, that's not the only important thing out there, and all of that. And I really want football, but also, I mean, there is a very real chance that this isn't just like a oh wow, it's been this long, maybe it'll take until the end of the year. Like, this could go on for multiple years, and that's like a very real possibility that people don't care about or haven't heard about where it's like, as long as we just be responsible, yeah, it'll go away here at some point. So let's start being responsible because we still haven't started that. I I feel you, man. I just think the, the counter you're going to get when you come with that argument is yeah, it, it could be a couple of years. So we could cancel all these things and it doesn't change, you know, a thing. And and that's yeah. that's the toughest part with with something where you just you don't know you know it's well I'm, yeah. I'm tired I mean, of talking about COVID let's let's talk about yeah let's talk about Madden because Madden came out and I'm it pumped did. for it I'm pumped for it too I've I don't know why uh, I know it's the same game every year I get it 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 hasn't improved 
franchise mode always it's probably going to be the same thing you know not much changes but i'm just so nostalgic for the game at this point oh yeah and it's it's so exciting i mean i got to play like the 10 hours through the trial or whatever and oh i just love it so much just just like the new game feel when you get in there you're playing and you're like oh so the broncos roster i was using before this you know, Melvin Gordon was almost unusable because, you know, power running wasn't a thing. This new game, he's going to fall forward every time. He's going to break some tackles. And now they have this two-headed monster with the Broncos with Phil and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. And it's everything I've been dreaming about since April. And it's just so much fun. You know, on defense, like no more of the linebacker being able to just like fly around and pick off any little pass that you throw over the middle. Just so much more realistic feeling there. And obviously, both those changes really hurt um, your odds on defense. Like those are both changes that make the game a lot more offensive. But just like going through that stuff, and you know, those are just little gripes that I've had for a year now since this last game came out. And it was like, oh yeah, so speed running backs—that's the only way you can go. That problem is fixed. And even though there are a lot more bigger problems with this game, I'm willing to take those little wins because I've spent enough time playing that last game that this feels revolutionary and life-changing. <laughs> they know we're all fools. That's the problem. We, we're just I, willing to take it, and it's fine. You know, it is what it is. I don't judge anyone for buying the game because I buy it religiously every single year. I get the new copy of Madden mm-hmm. I have since... I'd probably like Madden 2004, 2005. I've been yeah. playing forever. I don't know. It's just there's always that feeling of... You know, I, I want to play with Jerry Judy. You know, I want to play with KJ Hamler and send him on a <sighs> seam route and use that speed. You know, I just, you always want to use the new guys. It's it's like with the Nuggets. Yep. You know, you're going to get the new 2K game because you want to play with MPJ. Yeah. And it's like, Jerry lives up to the hype. You know, he's running around out there and you're like, okay, so you got one-on-one out here. Let's just run this little zig route, get the in and back out, see if I can get him open on the sideline, pick up my four yards of first down. Like boom, every time. Cortland also. I've I've been struggling hitting the deep balls, like with the like putting it up in the air, let him go make a play. But ah, it is just so nice to after spending all this time like reading about the Broncos, listening to the Broncos podcast, watching all the post-game recaps that the Broncos guys are putting together, to be able to go out there and just like it's not like the real thing. When you're playing with it, it almost feels like the real thing. It just gets me so much more excited for football season too. When you play, do you always play with the Broncos or or do you switch it up? You know, what kind of style do you do you do when it comes to picking teams? Um, it depends. I mean, if it's just me, then I'm probably just gonna be playing with the Broncos online. And I'll just like play whoever and that works. You know, we're in the Madden League, and so we're going to have a fantasy draft, and so it's going to be 32 people drafting their teams out of the entire NFL, which is going to be really fun to just see how it goes and where people go and that kind of stuff. But I do kind of want to spend more time playing with different teams so that I kind of know or have an idea of like, oh, this guy's sneaky nice. I should try to snag him. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, when I'm playing against somebody, like when I'm just playing against a friend, then it's like three randoms. Got to pick one of those. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I do really enjoy just like trying to play with different styles of teams with like different playbooks and that kind of stuff, though. The problem the last couple of years is the Broncos offensive line has just been so awful and they didn't have a quarterback. You know, it's what am I going to play with Joe Flacco on there? No way. Case Keenum. Yeah. 
Trevor exactly. Samian, Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, you got Drew Locke, somebody with a gun. Really inaccurate last year. I'm hoping they, they up his ratings a little bit to make him it's a little better. bit more usable. A I'm, lot I'm a of big, that stuff is better. Is it? Yeah, where it's like, I don't know. The the quarterback fumbles, I've still noticed our problem. But I mean, it's like that's the kind of stuff that really drives me crazy with Madden because I understand what they're trying to do. Because you want people to play realistically. Guess what? Quarterbacks slide in real life. So if you get hit by a quarterback or you, you're running with a quarterback and you get hit, you something bad should happen. But what's what's bad that should happen is it that they fumble because that's how it happens in real life. They don't just like throw the ball in the air. Like they're kind of sore. They're like they're if they get hit in the arm, like they aren't gonna have like the same accuracy. Like those are the problems that real mobile quarterbacks have in real life. Like that's the problem that Cam has. He gets banged up and all of a sudden like you get a stinger, you're not feeling your fingers right. Guess what? That ball's not gonna go where it's supposed to go. And there's that kind of stuff. There's the injuries and it just isn't I get the idea. Quarterback well, you don't, slides, you don't you have want to slide. Lamar it's to be the way that works. That's not why. Is the problem. I, know. Oh, I get yes. it. You know, but, like you said, we get where they're coming because from. Because he kind of is. No, I know it's true. But I mean, he would literally, it would be like, oh, for, you know, Vic cheat code status at, at some point. But it is a problem mm-hmm. because the QBs fumble so much that I actually get excited when I go up against the Ravens because I know that the player is going to run. And it's one of those, yeah, you know, I'll give up oh, yeah. a couple of big ones, but I'm going to make him fumble three or four times. Yeah. Or you just throw a spy on there and you manage it. You get those defensive ends playing contain and can make something happen. I, talking about this makes me really eager to go play that game, if I'm being very honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to do a little bit of work here first, Henry. I know we do. I know. I know. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I ran through I, that trial on accident. I like left the game open because oh, I was no. thinking about it. Yeah. Well, it was, it was the, during the bucks walkout. And oh, so, okay. well, that's understandable. And then. so I was like, I was playing a game. I had a career mode going. I was drew lock. I was having the time of my life. And then, uh, I get a tweet, like the magic are, are still on the floor, but we haven't seen the bucks. So it's like, okay, better turn on that game. See what's going on. And it's like 20 minutes for tip off. And so I didn't, I thought I had that 20 minutes to finish the game, left it paused stayed watching what was going on for like two hours, three hours, and then like took a shower and then like did that kind of stuff. I was like, oh no, I left that paused and on. There went the rest of that trial. I hate how they do those. The time. I know. If you're going to give the trials, just give out the trial. Like, I know. Does it really matter if we play it for 30 hours or 10 hours? Either way, we're still going to buy the new game when it comes out. Yeah. And like, that's the most frustrating part. It's like, can I just give you my money and just like play more than 10 hours now? I'll give you extra. Like I actually would. I I know you're you're not a disc guy, and I'm curious why that is. <sighs> why that is? Because why would you want to have a bunch more things? Like I don't need more things. I, I need like to get rid of things. I had to get rid of like four garbage bags of clothes last weekend because I was just full. I just like could not find anything. And I was like, okay, this is something I just have to sit down and do. And that is kind of my life right now is I don't want a bunch more things and discs or things. Also, like you can have problems with them. Like if they get scratched or something and that kind of stuff. Whereas now I can just download things, never have to like put a disc in, take a disc out. It's all just right there. You can even just be like, hey, turn on the fuck, turn on the (laughs) uh, Madden game and uh, it'll just go straight to that. See, but that's the thing is 
I, I come from a different generation of video games where you could just plug it in and play right away. And I really miss that. I hate, you know, having to download such a massive file. It's, you get the new game. All you want to do is play that new game, that that feeling of, oh, God, it's going to be so fun. I've been waiting all year for this. Yeah. That's, oh, three and a half hours later, once it's done downloading and installing. And I got a PS4. And and that install process actually takes a lot longer than the Xbox One, so maybe that's why I'm I'm so disc pro disc. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to file size. I don't want to have to get rid of stuff to download new games, and I don't I don't want to have to wait yeah. four hours to to play it when I get it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just old. I get that, but also like this week that new PGA game came out. Ooh, is that and, have you played yet? Yeah, it's uh it's very good. It is very, very good. It's not as easy as the EA games. Like, and they make it so much more realistic where the if if, if you want to like uh draw the ball, then you can like set that up the way you want to. You can change like the trajectory, you can change the spin and that kind of stuff. But the more of those things you do, the tougher the swing is. But changes in different ways. So like in some of them, you guys have to have like a super clean uh path. So like when you're swinging with the stick like it'll show you the size of how tight to that line you have to stay but then also there'll be the timing and so like if you're uh if your downswing is too slow then there's like a separate bar and it'll like change the ball in the way that a slow swing actually would and so there's like all these realistic things and they got rid of like the attributes where it's like oh you you're golfer needs to be upgraded in this category for that swing, that kind of stuff. So now it's actually like real golf where you just have to learn how to do it and learn how to get good at it. And, uh, it's, it's a challenge. Like I, I think I've only broken 90 once, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really fun. It's a real game. But the point was, the point was like, I knew I wanted to play that game. I knew it came out that morning. And so I, uh, at like eight o'clock, whenever I woke up, like I was out there, I just clicked download, got to work. And then by the time I was done working, that thing had been done downloading for hours. Just takes a little planning. I suppose. I suppose. I'm just, I'm bad about planning. I'm, I'm the same way with the movies. You know, all the movie mm. theaters now, you have to make your, you know, your seat reservation in advance. Really? I don't ever know. The only times I ever want to go to the movies, it's always a, a spontaneous thing. Like, oh, I don't have anything going on this afternoon. Oh, maybe I'll go see a movie. Then you go and it's, oh, well, you can reserve a seat in the first row on the far right because it's already been booked huh. up for three days. Really? See, I had no idea. I'm just not a movie person. Like, I just can't do it. Like, for so many reasons. I just, like, I, I can't sit still that long. Like, I don't want to just, like, commit to two hours of, the, like, watching a movie where... It's just like, okay, it's it's 6.30 now. When this is over, it'll be 8.30. Are you going to be away? Or is there something else you could do? Like for me, it's just like, I'm just not all that interested. And then like I turn on, it's like, I mostly spend all the time on my phone anyway, because I don't really care. Honestly, I only watch sports now. Now that sports are back, like I just, that's it. That's it for me. Or two. Like I just have some golf going on right here. Yeah. You're missing out. I mean, I'm, I watch a ton of sports. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm one of those. I nerd out over movies and whatever you know the the big show is, and I like yeah. screenwriting and I I like nerding out over all that stuff. Huh? See, I'm just not quite there. Like, I I try, I do try. Like, I just got Chase Serrano's movies book, 
because I like all of the other stuff he wrote. And I was like, okay, not a movie guy. I'm a Chase Serrano guy interested in his takes. And I thought like, yeah, I could do this. I can watch a movie. So far, I've like read half the book. Haven't Still watched a single one of the movies. <laughs> like it's it just it's that's crazy, I man. I don't I just I, don't, I just it just doesn't comprehend to me. I don't I don't I just can't sit there and watch a movie. Like I just can't get invested in a movie. I think that's a lot of what it is, where it's just like I'm so I'm so used to watching playoff hockey. If there's a slow part in a movie and it's like, yeah, this is all kind of like made up, it isn't in real life anyway. It's like, okay, what's going on on Twitter? Is there any news? Like, can I just Re like what's going on at like insert whatever newspaper you agree with and that's the one that I'll say I read to you but uh yeah like I'll jump on like the app for the newspaper and just be like oh I wonder what's going on because I can't I just I'm just not really all that into it like occasionally there are good ones like I'm trying to think uh like uh what's part time in Hollywood yeah. I watched that movie I like that movie that was a good movie really like of all it, the movies to it's not a bad movie it's got anything with Pitt and and Leo but yeah and that's why I was just like okay this is a night where I can just commit to sitting here watching this movie I'm not going to be like doing mock drafts on my phone I'm not going to be like whatever I'm going to sit here I'm going to watch the movie and I just can't I don't know I can't TV shows. all that often those are shorter Um, usually before I go to bed like that's kind of like the sports typically have been ending like the last hockey game's been ending at like 11. So I'll go to bed and I have a TV set up in here um, and I'll just like throw on like the Simpsons. I've been throwing on the Simpsons as I go to bed a lot. Uh, that new Ted Lasso show. That's really good. Hey, weird thing. Jason Sudeikis liked my tweet last week, but uh, nice. yeah, that Ted, I know it was about him. So, you know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Ted Lasso, that's a good show. And that's another one where it's like, okay, sports are done. It's a nice like, 20 minutes this will cool me off watch an episode go like as i'm like laying in bed going through twitter and then when it's time to actually go to sleep it's like throw on the simpsons and i go through the simpsons on a loop back to the pod in just a second but first everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner that's right football is about to be back and to celebrate football's 101st anniversary DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app putting new users in the center of the action with a free $101 bet when they place a bet on the Kansas City vs. Houston Thursday night game. This touchdown of a deal is only available for 101 hours, so get in on the action now. You heard us right, DraftKings is giving all new users a free bet of $101 once they sign up and place a bet of $10 or more on the Kansas City vs. Houston game. If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now and check out all that they have to offer, including great promotions, odds boosts, and all kinds of fun stuff. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, and located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Gotta love that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR to get a free $101 bet to use once you place a bet on the first football game of the season. That promo code DNVR to get your free $101 bet. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
Justin here. We're going to return to the pod in just a second, but before we do, I wanted to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. Now, the NFL season is fast approaching, and there's all kinds of stuff you can already bet on, from individual player awards, props, division winners, Super Bowl winners, all that fun stuff. And of course, you can already bet on the lines for week one. Now, I think with a lot of the games, it's going to probably be pretty high scoring in this week one. Just the general lack of contact, I think, is going to play you know, into the hands of the offenses. And in general, I just think it's it's going to be a high-scoring first weekend. I'm, I'm going to jump the over on a lot of games in this first weekend of action. But there is one game locally that I do think has the potential to be a little bit more low-scoring. And that's actually Denver's home opener against Tennessee. Now, I am pretty worried about Derrick Henry running loose on this Broncos defense, especially just with the general lack of contact, you know, like I just said. But I do think that they're talented enough to, you know, not let him at, you know, absolutely go off, do anything crazy like he did in the playoffs for five touchdowns or something like that. With the, the line being at 42 and a half, I'm going to take the under, I think. You've got a young quarterback trying to get, you know, used to his timing with those receivers. And while I do have really high expectations for this offense this season, I don't think we're going to see a massive point explosion, at least in week one. You know, if I'm if I'm wrong, I'll gladly eat crow. But it feels like a pretty safe bet going early. I'm expecting more of a defensive standout between two talented groups. Should be fun. I'm jumping on the under minus 110 odds. I think that's pretty decent value. And I think you have a pretty good chance of cashing in on that. Shout out to DraftKings. That's my pick of the week. I have phases. I have phases. Um... Typically, it's like the Shea Serrano thing where I finally was like, okay, I really like all things Shea Serrano likes. I'm going to read all his books and I'm going to get all the way to the movie thing. And so I, I go through like binges. Same thing like uh, like Kurt Vonnegut. I'll go through like a Vonnegut binge where it's like, I'll just read like five of his books and then do all that in like a month and then just not touch a book for two months. Or uh, what else have I been going? Oh, like uh, Wright Thompson, Huntress Thompson, either one of them. I, I'll just go through phases where it's like when I, I'll like scroll through Twitter and then I'll scroll through Instagram and then back to Twitter. It's like, okay, now what? It's like typically that means like, oh, read the news or like, are there sports on TV? And sometimes that'll turn into like, oh, I wonder, I haven't read everything Wright Thompson's written. I should go find something else. Interesting. Learning, yeah. learning more about you every day. <laughs> what kind of books do you read, Justin? Do you read any books? I'm a big book guy. I was no, I was just curious because you said you don't have the attention span for movies. So I was curious if you had the attention span for books, which is kind of yeah, a different it is intake. I experience. wonder why that is though. I think I think it's because it's so active. I think it's because like you have to be like looking at there's there's no like, oh my phone buzzed. I wonder what that was. When you're watching a movie that happens, you're like, oh yeah, let's look. When you're reading a book. Like, especially because I typically just read them on my phone. Some of them I have like hard, hard copies, physical copies. But when I'm like reading them on my phone, then it's just like, yeah, ignore that, ignore that, ignore that. But I just get pulled down rabbit holes so easily when I'm watching movies. Interesting. That's another thing I'm old school about. I like holding, I like paper books. Like I like I do too. physically holding it. It's easier on my eyes. I don't know. Yeah. To me, sometimes though, it's like... uh like when Kobe died, yeah, uh, 
as everybody like has their weird way of processing things and without getting into how particularly weird mine was uh that was a weird day it started with uh going to the nuggets game with d-line and like the moment of silence it was a weird time and then you go like basketball practice too but i i downloaded like the kobe book on my phone because on that day i was like i want to read the words that he wrote i don't want to like order the physical copy from Amazon and then wait a couple days for it. I don't really want to deal with bookstores at the moment, you know? And so it's, it's like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just have the like urge to read something. It's like, I need to read a Kurt Vonnegut book right now. And so then I'll just buy it on my phone. That's definitely fair. I understand the convenience of it. This will, this will really emphasize how nerdy I am. There are, there oh, are did a few we that places. Again? No, I mean, it, it always comes through. <laughs> But there, there are a few places I enjoy more than just a bookstore. Like when I walk in mm-hmm. and just that feeling of there's, there's so much possibility in a bookstore. You know, you, you never know what you're going to find. I don't, the tattered yeah. cover, which I exactly. grew up going to is, I just think one of the coolest places. I love a good Barnes and Noble. You know, I, I get disappointed yeah, I'm a member. that there aren't very many Barnes and Nobles around anymore. I don't know. I know. It's weird. And I should not be a member. Because I do not get enough out of my Barnes and Noble membership, uh, but yeah, like just go, cover. just go like once a month. You'll find even if you don't I get do. anything, they're fun to just walk around. It's true, it's, and I don't know. I do think that that's I, I'm very closed off in the things I read because again, it's like I'm the same way about music, where it's like oh, I'm feeling some Mac Miller, and then for like two weeks, it's just all Mac Miller, and then after that, it'll be like Katie Nolan podcast. And it's like, oh, I've been missing some Katie Nolan podcast. So I'm just going to listen to like every waking moment where I can have a sound on. I'm going to be having the Katie Nolan podcast on. Sometimes like the our Broncos podcast, I'll do the same thing. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, Kendrick Lamar. Or sometimes like Lana Del Rey is a weird one that just sometimes like every six months, it's like, oh, I'm just going to listen to Lana Del Rey this week. And so I'm very impulsive and very particular. And I don't really leave my comfort zone. I just have like, I feel like a bunch of different comfort zones. And so going to a bookstore is kind of a good idea to just like see what else is out there besides like my four favorite sports writers, my four favorite novelists. I definitely lean sports books. That's, that's what I read the most, which makes sense, you know, given what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do try and branch out. I really like history books. I think that it's just fascinating, huh. especially U.S. history. I'm not yeah. big on, you know, when you start Ooh. getting into like the 1300s, 1400s, stuff like that, I'm, I'm a little bit out, but... I really want to get more into those. But I will say History Channel has like a, this George Washington documentary. It's like a five-parter. At one point during quarantine, like that was my life. I, I, that was one where I did have the attention span. I was like, wow, George Washington really just killed his own soldiers in front of the rest of his soldiers to prove a point. Nobody ever told me about that before. And so like there is some of that kind of stuff. The The more like... It's it's the fiction-y stuff that I have a tougher time getting into. But yeah, I, I also think like... Oh, have you have you read uh, The Cost of These Dreams by Wright by Thompson? Wright it's Thompson. like a... Yeah, yeah okay. I, I think we've even talked about this before. Oh, yeah. My might act- good friend of mine, actually, that I worked with at the Collegian bought that for me as a gift. Shout out to Colin Bernard. If, you're, if you happen to be listening, probably not a busy <laughs> guy, but... <laughs> Yeah, that, that, yeah. If, if you're listening to this right now, I know we have rambled for the last like 15 <laughs> minutes and you're probably yeah. thinking, who are these idiots? These morons have never cracked a book in their life. But I That's promise fair. you, 
anything that Wright Thompson puts out is worth your time. Mm-hmm. It, it just yeah, like that is on another level. He is incredible. And I was lucky enough to get to meet him once and pick his brain about some of this stuff. And the stories he tells are incredible. Like he he wrote this one. So everything he writes is like seven, eight thousand word features. Uh, I guess there's a couple shorter things. He had something awesome about the NFL combine. I think it was the year before last, but that was really good. But mostly it's all long form stuff for ESPN. He's like their top profile writer. The I think the best profile writer alive today. But uh like the stories he told about writing the, I think the title of the story was a uh, Michael Jordan turns 50. And it's all about like him just coping with that. And it's like behind the scenes when you get to actually talk to him, he's like, so here's how you go about writing this story. It's like, yeah. So at one point, Michael couldn't find his championship ring and he's packing his stuff up. And so we're just like sitting in his closet, like, looking through everything, trying to find one of his championship rings. And he's terrified he's lost it. And he just like goes inside his head as like, almost like he's a therapist. Just like, here's what's going on. Here's what he's thinking. Here's who he is as a person. And then the other stuff where it's like, yeah, he he's like in the top 1% in the world in Candy Crush because he's just like that competitive. He'll sit there and just play Candy Crush for hours because he's like addictive in that way. And he's, yeah, it's just that kind of cool stuff. Or like there was one he wrote about Tiger Woods, but Tiger Woods wouldn't agree to be interviewed. And so he's going around to like Tiger's mistresses and they're just like, yeah, I mean, there was like the sex side of things. But for the most part, he just wanted to like hang out at the condo and just like watch movies and just have like a normal life because he didn't have a normal life anywhere else. Or like how he interacted with Navy SEALs when he got to go out there and just those sorts of crazy stories. And it really does like come through in his writing. It's... I, I love everything he does. Yeah, I mean, if I just, I wish I had a fiftieth of of his talent. He's just incredible. Seriously, like, literally on Seriously. another level. It's so good. And Mina Kimes too. She's she's the only one I see who's like close to that level in terms of like sports profile writers. She's had a bunch of good stuff. Like uh, the Luka Doncic profile was. So good because that was before everybody knew who Luca was. Like basketball, people were like, "This guy should be going number one." And everybody else, like casual basketball, yeah, me, me too. I, was, I, I remember people getting mad at me for saying, like, straight up, trade Jamal Murray for the number one pick if you can make that happen and get Luca. People were like, "I don't know, Jamal's Jamal's a good good basketball player." It's like, yeah, Luca has the potential to be the number one player in the league for who knows how long. Luca's on. I still get people in my mentions every now and then because I've multiple times tweeted about how much better of a player Luca Doncic is than Trey Young, and yeah. I get these fifteen-year-olds in my fucking mentions talking about <laughs> three-point shooting. Look, I get it. Yeah. Trey Young's an exciting young talent. I like him. I'm rooting for him. I think he's in a good situation in Atlanta, a fan base that'll kind of rally behind him. But when you watch Luca, once in a generation, I mean. I would give anything to have him and Nikola be on the same team. Just him and Jokic. Could you imagine? Fundamental you the imagine? PNR that they would run all day and just kill you. Elbow shots all night. I just, oh man. Yeah. Fundamental well, dreams. Just thinking about the team that Yugoslavia could put together if that were all still like one entity instead of splitting up like Bosnia and Serbia and all them, like you'd have Luke you'd have Jokic you'd have Nurkic backing Jokic up you'd have uh, I mean 
all sorts of players. The Bogdanovich, Dragic, yeah. yeah. Like you could have. I mean, they would probably be underdogs against the U.S. team, but honestly, not by all that much. I think that they could give them a run for their money, just like they did back in the '90s when they were all like one team. Those are dudes that are all like. Obviously, they're very talented basketball players. People underestimate the drive that all of those guys play with. Luke is yeah. a killer, dog. Nicola, yeah. when he wants to be, is a killer. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's crazy here. Like, when somebody asked Nicola about pressure, like, he was, like, the most clutch player in the NBA again this year in terms of, like, shots made and close games after two minutes or whatever, you know? But he gets asked those questions, like, what's it like playing under that pressure? And he just says, like, well, you know, I had like uncles who died in the civil war in Serbia when I was growing up. Like there were explosions. Like that was just a thing that was going on around. Like this is not pressure. And it's like, makes sense. Like <laughs> you sold me. You literally grew up in a civil war with like in the streets, like war. I, yeah, it's it's just a different mindset that those people have. And I don't know. It's just good to see like, I don't know, melting pot, all that, whatever. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I think Jokic kind of gets framed as soft by people that don't watch him very frequently because he's not necessarily mm-hmm. the most physically imposing specimen, you know, from just like a tone standpoint. No, he just can't jump, you know? No, yeah. Like, I that feel like 90% of it is he just can't stuff. jump. And that's yeah, what makes it really more has. impressive. Like, I would not fight Nikola Jokic. That's all I'm saying. I remember one time he got Seriously. into it with Marcus Morris and all I could think about was... That that's like a heavyweight boxing match. Those are two dudes that could absolutely throw down. I know. I know. That. It's crazy. It's crazy. I just uh, I don't know. I think that there's like a very fun revolution happening in basketball. And who knows where it's gonna end up or like when, but I almost feel like this whole like Jokic, Doncic, you know, Ben Simmons kind of fits into this mold of where the NBA is going. And I think it's still going to be like three, four, five years before we start to see like what this is actually doing to basketball. You know, I I don't think it's like, oh, these guys are going to be the new stars. I, I still think we're on like this path to something new that we haven't quite gotten yet with Luca being like the next and biggest step on that path. I just think we're, we're at a, a point in time where I, I sound like a real coaching dork here, but the game, it's just be being played at a really precise level to, mm-hmm. to play the way that Luca plays, to play the way that Nicola plays and put up those numbers and not just, you know, Anthony Davis can dunk on anybody in the league because he's seven yeah. feet tall and can jump through the freaking rim. Yeah. We're seeing a prettier brand of basketball in my opinion. And I, I'll just be curious to see if that kind of seeps down, you know, to the younger age, you know, where obviously people are better perimeter shooters now than they've ever been. If somebody like Luca takes over the game, it's going to be cool to emphasize dribbling the basketball and, and passing the basketball and cutting and doing all the small things. Cause mm-hmm. that's just how we work. You know, Every, you, you want to be like what, who's ever popular right now. Yeah. And I, you know, you almost see it with Jerry Judy too, to take a little bit of a leap. Because, you know, there's the stories out of Miami or South Florida, wherever down there that he's from, um, that everybody's Judying and that the high school coaches are like, guys, you got to get into your routes. Like, 
you guys are all like doing all this crazy stuff with your feet and like getting going. And it's, it's like too much, but it's because that's what Jerry was there. And everybody was like, Oh my goodness, this guy's special. And now you see him going to the NFL with the footwork. And you know, this is probably a generalization, but that's kind of something that young receivers need to be told to do. It's like, focus on your footwork, like get your hands in the right spot. Make sure everything is very precise, very clinical. And a lot of those guys are just like, you know what? I'm fast. I'm big. I'm strong. I can go up and get a ball. That's what got me here. That's what's going to keep me going. And with Jerry Judy, you kind of see at least in that area, like it's kind of cool to read those stories about Judy because that's like what all those kids do. And I think that that almost is similar to the basketball push where it's like, yeah, you want good passers. Well, guess what? We're all great passers who are also like understanding the game of basketball and can see the opportunities to use that passing, which is just as important as being able to like get the ball from a to B as quickly as possible and on target. You know, there's that whole mental side on top of physically being able to put a pass where you want to. It's just a, a smarter game. Definitely. You know, we're, we can wrap it up here. We've been going on about a lot of things that have nothing to do with college sports. Whatsoever. Yeah. It's been a while since we touched on college football. That's okay though. It's, it's just one of those times, you know, like, like it's, it's fun to talk about all these other stuff and there are always parallels with the other sports. I will say though, it's just a good time to be a sports fan in general. When you look at the young talent in the NBA, you know, you have, mm-hmm. Luca, Luca, and some of these other guys. You obviously the mainstays, LeBron and Kawhi, but Jokic and Jamal Murray, and you look at the Phoenix Suns. Like the Phoenix Suns have potential to be really fun moving forward. The NFL's got a lot of young talent right now. The NHL, yeah, McKinnon and all these people just like putting up monster numbers. How do you not love sports? I really, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like it is just such a fun time, and I think part of it is like just exposure you know oh i went down this whole like rabbit hole a couple days ago thinking about this like why aren't more young people watching sports and i was almost like i wonder if team media is part of the reason like uh, when i feel like the way i cover the buffs is almost different than how other buffs reporters cover the buffs where it's like almost like looking at these guys as like personalities you know as like figures in the same way that that's how I follow other sports where it's like, Oh, I wonder what Nicole Jokic has to say, you know, and there is like this weight to it because of that. And, and I think that, I don't know, this isn't coming out super clearly, but almost because like maybe reporters are not feeling this level of excitement for what's going on. It isn't coming through to the average person who only like half pays attention because they, they turn it on and everybody's like, yes, we must be like calm and unbiased and super factual and approach it that way. When really like, I get that that's important and journalistic integrity is like this whole big thing. And I don't want to like infringe upon that, but sometimes our role is just to like have fun because the truth is like, sure. College football might be a little bit different, but there aren't a whole lot of like actual scandals for the most part it's a bunch of guys getting together and playing a game and guess what they're having fun and so when i write positive things about it it's because there's actually just like a bunch of positive things happening except for maybe they're losing games and like what does holding somebody accountable even mean in those situations like so what happened out there it's like you know like can we just have fun and enjoy this and i think that maybe that's been missing for a while and uh, there's a generation that didn't quite see things that way or maybe i'm totally wrong 
No, I mean, I've always been big about, I'm not going to pretend like I don't love college football. I'm not going to pretend yeah. like I'm not passionate about these teams. I grew up in Colorado. My dad went to CSU. I grew up following CSU. I wanted to go to CSU in part because I got to go to the, you know, all the sporting events for free and stuff. And I just, I loved all of that. No, that wasn't the, the main reason I went to CSU. But when I found out, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I get to go to all the games. And I did. It was a big part of my college experience. It'll continue to be a big part of my life. I, that's really interesting. That's that's some good food for thought. You know, I think we can end the podcast on that because I, I like that.